You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist, episode number 124. Five sneaky signs of burnout and how to fix them. All right, today I have some really good stuff for you. I'm really excited about this episode, and we're going to talk about the five sneaky signs here in just a second, but before we get started, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners out there that left a review, NSG, NSG, two, 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 two. Thank you. Your loving words on iTunes are deeply appreciated. They touched my heart, um, and I, I appreciate you. Okay, so I really do, um, because this also helps pay it forward so that more OBGYNs can find this podcast and so that I don't have to spend money on running annoying ads because we don't actually, you know, like charge anything for this podcast. Like it's just a free podcast. We don't make money on this podcast. Okay, so having to run ads so that I can reach my goals of helping more OBGYNs and keeping this podcast going is not something I want to do. So word of mouth is always the best. So tell a friend, um, go, go read what this person had to say. And while you're there, leave a review so that you can help because it helps more than you know. I really appreciate you. I also want to remind you that if you have not registered for Coffee with Coach, which is this Saturday, February 25th at 9 a.m. Central, that you could still do that, okay? All you have to do is go to coach-miles.com forward slash coffee and all, all the details are there. You just have to uh, click on the link and it'll take you to the kind of the secure Zoom page so that you can enter your email securely and it'll send you the link securely. Um, <laughs> and so that way you'll get the, the Zoom link and um, then you can join us. It'll also put you on a list so that I can send you the replay after um, after the Zoom has downloaded and all of that. So even if you can't make it live, definitely go register. That way you can get a copy of that. I'm going to be talking about how to prioritize yourself even when you have no time because we as physicians and many of us, you know, being being parents or spouses or, you know, what whatever your titles are, whatever hats you're wearing, we are really, really good as I think just physicians and having a physician's heart at putting everybody else first and taking care of everybody else and not always leaving much time or energy for ourselves, which is a, coincidentally a perfect setup for burnout. <laughs> so come join me this Saturday, um, or at least go register so you can get the replay. And I'll also be answering any questions that you may have at the end of the webinar. So definitely bring your questions if you have them. And if you're one of my listeners that's been wondering about the next round of the Happy Gynecologist Coaching Group, you are definitely going to want to come or watch the replay this weekend so I can answer all of your questions because enrollment for the March group opens on Saturday and you're going to want to find out how you can save your spot for March, <laughs> okay? Um, I've had several of you emailing and messaging me, so you're definitely going to want to uh, tune into this webinar. So go register, coach-miles.com forward slash coffee, okay? And I'm going to give you some really good stuff on how to really prioritize yourself that you can leave the webinar and apply like right then, okay? Um, and if you're not interested in all the other stuff or you don't have any questions, you can totally hop off before all that, okay? That's not, you don't have to stick around for all that. <laughs> we would love to have you, of course. But so today, let's dive in. I want to talk about the five sneaky signs of burnout and how to fix them, okay? 
these are the things that I saw in myself whenever I was burnt out and that I still see all the time in many of the OBGYNs that I coach or many of the burnt out physicians that I interact with um, whenever I'm giving CME talks or whenever I'm doing grand rounds. These are some of the things that I see time and again. And we don't always realize that they are from burnout, which is why this is so important because often we don't realize kind of the breadth that burnout has um, or like how burnout really kind of permeates every aspect of our lives. And that's kind of one of those things that I didn't realize until I looked back just how many kind of portions of my life or how many areas of my life that burnout really had affected in a negative way. And so I just think it's so important because we want to address, you know, your whole life, your burnout and how it affects every aspect of you. So um, I think that this is a really important talk for all of us today. So, all right, let's just go ahead and dive in. Okay. So the five sneaky signs of burnout and how to fix them. Okay. So number one, (laughs) I see this probably the most commonly is comparing yourself yourself to others in a negative way. Okay. I sometimes call this compare and despair, but when you're stuck in your primitive brain, which is where burnout comes from, right? You're kind of stuck in that fight or flight mode. There's more of a tendency to compare yourself, especially in an unjustly way to others. Okay. Whether that's on social media or at work or with friends, even Whenever you're burnt out, your brain goes there more often. So this can look like comparing yourself to just like other moms. Let's say comparing yourself to other moms on your kid's soccer team. Maybe wishing that you had the time to pack the the orange slices and the team snacks and the little bottles of water every, every week, right? Because since they do it, they are, you know, like this amazing mom, right? And you feel really inadequate internally, maybe. Or maybe this looks like comparing yourself to your spouse, Um, having thoughts about how maybe your kids prefer them because they're around more and obviously they must be the better parent, right? Whatever that is, like however you're comparing yourself, maybe you're comparing yourself to your partners, like patients like my partner more because they're a better physician. I used to do that all the time. All the time, (laughs) y'all. I used to think that, they had it figured out and I didn't. And that's why patients love them more than they loved me. And I was just like, I would spiral out like down this like terrible negative self-talk rabbit hole (laughs) where I was obviously inadequate. And whenever you compare yourself to others, your primitive brain is, it, it, it functions. It is wired to automatically show you just how you don't measure up. So it automatically shows you all of your shortcomings. It doesn't show you like the good points, right? It doesn't show you what a great mom you are by modeling how to be like this, like badass, strong, independent woman, right? Or if you're a dad out there listening, same thing. Okay. Um, it, your primitive brain doesn't show you how you are, are teaching your kids what hard work and perseverance and dedication look like. Your your primitive brain doesn't show you that you spend a lot of time with your patients and you really, really deeply care. And that's why they love you for you. 
right? And so whenever you find yourself comparing, you have to just shut that shit down, okay? You you can't like talk your brain into, yeah, well, I'm a surgeon and that soccer mom isn't. You know, you can't put someone else down to feel better, okay? Because it's not going to feel better. It's, it's going to feel like righteous, which isn't always necessarily positive, right? You're still going to feel bad. <laughs> and so it's not going to help you feel like authentically better, right? Instead, I want you to remind yourself, instead of continuing to compare, like, can you compare, but like, instead of like separating yourself or like distancing yourself from how different you are from that person or, um, um, you know, whatever you're comparing yourself to, can you connect and find the connection between you and that person? And so I will often do this by reminding myself that we aren't really different, right? Whoever I'm comparing myself to is also a struggling human. <laughs> I tell my brain a lot, like I will say like, yep. And they are a human living in this messy world, just trying to do their best and figure things out too, just like me. <laughs> Right. And that brings in that human element of connection. And it reminds me that they are a human with human problems, just like me. And it makes me feel more connected to them rather than, than, you know, like less than them or more inadequate than them. And connection is so important in kind of helping combat burnout because burnout really drives us apart. It makes us isolate or disconnect from other people. So this is a really important factor is like, how can I compare myself to them in a way that connects me to them? Okay. And so I just think that just like finding that common humanity of like, yep, it's a messy world and we're both just humans trying to figure it out. And we both have problems, (laughs) right? Even though it may not seem like they have problems, they totally have problems just like me. (laughs) All right. Number two, finding the flaws. This is one of kind of the sneakier signs of burnout, I think, because like if you're at work and you're constantly finding problems with things like your staff is doing, or you look at a note that you just finished and you think like, gosh, that's just complete shit. I hope no one else reads this. Or like how like you find the flaw, like your, your exam tables left stirrup, it sticks and you're just plain fed up with it. Or maybe you are self-critical whenever you're closing on a repeat section and you're really judging how it looks harshly. You're telling yourself like, God, I really jacked this up. It's not my best work, even though it's like repeat number four and it's not going to look perfect, right? Whenever you are doing any of these things, you're finding the flaws, okay? And why this is one of the sneakier signs is because a lot of these things can seem very, very true, (laughs) okay? Or they can seem useful. Like, well, yeah, but there's like these legit problems in my clinic. Like this left stirrup that sticks is a problem. It should be addressed. It's faulty. It, It runs, you know, runs into my workflow. And we can really convince ourselves that these things are true problems. And that's probably because whenever you're stuck in your primitive brain and you're burnt out, your, you know, your primitive brain, its job is to look out for any of the red flags or any of the potential problems, even if it really isn't a problem. And that part of your brain, it, it perceives those things as 
true problems. Like that is the truth for your brain, that that is a, a problem. Okay. And, you know, even if you ask yourself, like, like, is that really a problem brain? It, it's going to say, yeah, totally. This left stirrup is complete shit. And it is, it is, you know, high time that someone fixes it. You know, it's going to go off on a rant. Right. And so whenever this happens for me, I really like to, to just kind of push the reset button. Okay. Because whenever my brain is stuck in finding all the potential problems, I like to close the door to my office, set a two minute timer and just take some big, deep breaths in and out. Okay. Maybe do some stretching, maybe do some box breathing. Okay. Two minutes to reset is not a big deal. Two minutes flies, right? Like that is nothing in the grand scheme of things. But what we, what we don't often realize is that whenever we're functioning from that part of our brain, its job is to point out all of the problems. And whenever it's doing that, we need to like reassure it that we are safe. Okay. Like, Hey, primitive brain, like we don't have to be in fight or flight looking for the predator. There is no predator is essentially what we want to send, you know, the message to our brain. Right. And so you need to tell your, your brain that you're safe and that all these red flags aren't actually harmful or dangerous. Okay. And so doing something like stretching, taking some deep breaths can send that signal. Okay. Because whenever your brain's doing this, the fight or flight response, it's activated and you have to show your brain that there is no real threat by sending it calming signals. Okay. This is like a physiologic response, y'all. It is evidence-based. Okay. There is a stress cycle that must be closed. Okay. So whenever your brain is doing this, you have to show it, look, we're safe. There's no lion chasing us. Look, that left stirrup sticking is not a lion. It's okay. And you can't just talk your brain or logic your brain out of that. So deep breathing or moving your body, they're both very useful ways to do that. Okay. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do that. A couple minutes is, is totally good enough to help start getting you out of that mode. Okay. All right. Number three out of our five sneaky signs of burnout Number three is one that I really struggled with. And um, I, I will tell you, like, I still see this pop up for me whenever I am, like, overwhelmed or stressed or there's a lot going on, okay? And so number three is numbing out. Maybe you call it bumming out, you're checking out, zoning out, whatever you refer to it as. That's where you sit on the couch you scroll your phone, you eat snacks, you watch Netflix, you drink some wine, you shop on Amazon, <laughs> sometimes all at the same time, right? And these things are things that we often will do in the name of relaxing, in the name of being kind to ourselves. But often these things are ways that we stuff our feelings down whenever we are feeling negative emotions, because stuffing them down feels better than actually experiencing them. And Whenever we're doing things like scrolling TikTok or eating kid snacks with a glass of wine or four glasses of wine, we can avoid feeling them because those things essentially stuff those feelings down. They give us a hit of dopamine so we feel a little bit better. We don't have to experience that anxiety. We don't have to experience that overwhelm or that stress, okay? And so maybe for you, you relate to scrolling your phone and having a snack mid-afternoon at the clinic. 
Maybe it's online shopping while you're waiting on a delivery on L&D. Maybe it's getting yourself a little treat to get yourself through the day, right? I don't want you to think that like I'm anti any of these things either because I'm not. I'm not anti-wine. I'm not anti-TikTok, okay? <laughs> I'm not anti-Amazon or you know shopping online, right? But I want you to ask yourself, am I drinking this wine to feel a certain way? Am I drinking it to feel relaxed or less stress? Am I eating this cake because I deserve a treat after the shitty week that I just had? Right? Am I shopping online to feel good about having to miss out on my family whenever I'm stuck on L&D? Right? Like, am I using one of these things to feel better? And if so, what am I asking this snack or this wine, what am I asking this thing to do for me? Right? What am I avoiding feeling by doing this? Because here's the thing, like we all cope differently, but whenever we use something external to change how we feel internally, then we are training our brains to seek out that thing more and more, okay? Whether that's a substance like sugar, flour, alcohol, or others, right? Or if that's an action like shopping online, (laughs) right? Gambling, Um, we're doing these things to get a hit of dopamine and that trains our brain to avoid our feelings even more and seek those things out again the next time we feel stressed or the next time we feel overwhelmed. And so whenever we stuff our feelings down once, it becomes more common that we do it again. And that feeling that we were having, whether that's stress or anxiety or overwhelm, whatever it is, okay, that is still there. It's still inside us. It hasn't been processed. It hasn't gone away. It's still there. And so it won't go away until we process it. It won't go away until we allow it and actually feel it. Okay. So numbing out essentially just delays the inevitable feeling of our negative emotions. And at the same time can create negative, negative results for us. Okay. Because I may not want to end up drinking half a bottle of wine or a full bottle of wine um, when I have an evening that, you know, I feel like I need a treat, right? I may not want to because maybe I wake up feeling like dirt and, and hungover and have a headache or, you know, maybe I don't want the calories and extra, you know, like extra, you know, weight on my body. Um, maybe I don't like the decisions I make uh, whenever I do that. Now, I'm not a wine person. I've talked about that here, um, but I know many are. For me, my thing is to to stuff my feelings down with with sugar, essentially, okay? And so um, I've talked about that um, here um, a few times, I think, but that is the thing that makes me feel better. And that's the thing that I will find myself just seeking out whenever I've had a really kind of overwhelming, stressful day. I will find myself rummaging in the kids' snacks and I'm like, hold up, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I don't even like these fruit gummy snacks, (laughs) right? Like they aren't actually that good. Why am I here? What am I, you know, asking this fruit gummy snack to, to help me with? And so I want you to just start asking yourself that question whenever you notice that, start noticing where you're doing that. Um, And I'm not saying you have to get rid of the wine or get rid of the sugar, Okay. I'm saying that you need to start asking yourself, what am I asking this thing to do for me? And why am I avoiding these feelings, right? Because a feeling can't hurt you. It doesn't feel good for just a minute, but then it can't hurt you. You, you, 
feel it and it goes like it goes less it it processes it goes away even okay all right so number four and i might lose my voice i don't know i um i'm feeling a little hoarse already midway through this so sorry about that y'all all right number four sneaky sign of burnout being exhausted all of the time now, most of us feel like this is kind of a normal thing for an OBGYN. Like we're just tired. We're hard workers. We're up late a lot. But I used to, like, I used to get home and I would be off for a weekend and I really wouldn't want to do anything. I was kind of a party pooper for sure. <laughs> I didn't even have, like, I didn't have motivation to get together with my friends or my family. I didn't want to go shopping or do the hobbies that I loved because I was just tired. Even if I had had decent sleep, I just kind of felt blah and I felt exhausted. Even if I'd rested fairly well the previous week, it seems like I would just wake up tired and I was truly tired. It wasn't just like in my head, I would come home and like my kids, they would you know, be playing in the living room and I would lay kind of on my side in the floor with them and kind of play with them a little bit or lay there and watch them play and I would fall asleep. And then like after dinner, maybe I would snooze on the couch. Like I couldn't stay awake to like watch TV with my husband. <laughs> and so it was probably more than just not wanting to do anything. It was just that I didn't have anything left to give, right? And so when you're functioning from your primitive brain, think about it. You're, you're probably constantly on high alert. Your brain is hypervigilant and you're expending a lot of energy, a lot of mental energy and physical energy, right? So that you can survive. That's what your brain's trying to get you to do. Like constantly, if you're burnt out, it's like, oh my gosh, we just have to survive. <laughs> and so then you return to your safe place or your home, right? To your primitive brain, you've returned to the safety of the cave, right? And it's almost like, I kind of wonder, like maybe our brains know that we've returned to that safe place and like, okay, now's the time to rest so that we can keep surviving tomorrow whenever we leave the cave again, <laughs> right? And so something that I started doing very early on in this journey was meditating, okay? And the reason that I started this was I read an article. I was so exhausted all the time. I read an article um, once that said, meditating for 20 minutes is as restful for your body and for your brain as four to five hours of deep sleep. And so whenever I read that, I wasn't thinking like, oh yeah, meditation, that's a great way for me to really take care of myself. No, I was like thinking I could game the system. <laughs> I'm an OBGYN, so if I could just function on less sleep, even less than what I was getting and still feel rested, then hell yeah, I need to do this, okay? And so I was like approaching meditation as a way to game the sleep system <laughs> so I could function better. And I didn't really like, I didn't start it to like address my burnout specifically or anything, but how I started, I just started, I had an app and I would just do like five to 10 minutes at a time because honestly, it was really hard for me at first. It felt silly. It felt woo woo. It felt like, like this is crazy and not very logical, not very science based, you know, is what it felt like. Okay. It felt like the opposite of medicine and doctoring and being a physician. Right. And so I would do it at night, like with my earbuds in, 
that way um, no one would really know that I was meditating. Like no one would see me doing it or no one would walk in while I was doing it. And what I'd started to notice is that I would sleep way better. And even if I did have less sleep, I would feel more rested. So then I started adding like a little five minute meditation in the morning. Like I was completely, I would fold a fluffy towel, like one of those big bath sheet towels, like one of the big towels into a little square. And I would sit on it like on the tile of my bathroom um, while I was getting ready for the day in the morning, right? And like everybody in my house just thought I was like taking a shower and, and, you know, doing my hair and going to the bathroom. And really I was doing a little five minute meditation in addition to all that. And so, you know, what I didn't know at that time was that meditation was also a great way to show my brain that I was safe and help rewire it so that it was out of that fight or flight mode more. And so, so I want to encourage you, like if you feel exhausted all the time, even whenever you are rested, that emotional exhaustion, it's, I don't even know if it's emotional. Like I think it's, it's true physical and emotional exhaustion, honestly. Um, I want you to go go download one of these apps. I think, you know, through ACOG, you could probably still get the Breathe app for free for a year. Um, they did that recently again. So go download it or go, go pay for one of these other meditation apps for a year. It's so worth it, okay? And start by just doing one at bedtime, just a few minutes and watch what happens to your sleep. Watch how you feel whenever you wake up. Watch what happens to your, you know, that exhaustion, being exhausted all the time, Okay. I, I promise you won't regret it. If you can get past the feeling silly, if you can get past the woo-woo, it's legit. And there's, it's like legitimately evidence-based, okay, now. So there have been studies now about how about how meditation can actually like lower your blood pressure and do all these other things, okay? So I I encourage you, it's been around for thousands and thousands of years. There must be something that is right about it. <laughs> If it is persevered this long, if it is persistent, there must be something about it that works, okay? So, and I have found that it definitely does. So, um, I encourage you to try it too. All right, and number five, the fifth sneaky sign of burnout um, is thinking that the grass is greener, okay? I know we've all been there. Okay, and I I know you know what I'm probably talking about, whether you relate to the grass is greener or like there is better than here, basically, right? Like, so the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, right? If we could just get to that other side, then the grass will be greener, everything will be better. That's what I mean whenever I say that. And I used to, I used to really, <laughs> probably too frequently, kind of daydream about how like the mailman must have such a simple easy life, right? Like if I could just be a mailman, I bet my life would be way better. That's what I used to think. Like I, I would see the mailman walking by my office window um, to come into the office. And I would just think that like every day <laughs> or like how my non-physician friends, like they have it so easy. They have no idea. Their life must be so easy, so uncomplicated. And I would even think that about well, if I just had a different job, like as an OBGYN, like a different OBGYN job, I would be a lot happier. Um, and I would hunt for jobs. I would talk to my friends about their jobs. I would, you know, kind of daydream about that or think that their 
on the other side of the fence, the grass must be greener. It must be better there than it is here. Um, this could apply to things at home. I would all the time like think about like, well, once the kids get out of diapers, it's going to be so much better. Once we go on vacation, it's going to be a lot better. Uh, if I could just hire another nurse, if only I, I could just make a little bit more money, if I could just get to that other side of the fence over there, the grass will be greener. I will be happier, right? It's got to be more awesome. I won't feel negative. I can finally be happy, right? Once my loans are paid off, once I hire another partner, once I retire, it just, it goes on and on, right? And we've all spent a large amount of our lives thinking about how the grass will be greener. Like once we get to that next rotation, once we graduate, once we pass boards, that's been our whole life, right? And, you know, once we do one of those things and accomplish it, yeah, life is good for a little bit, but we still have problems once we get to the other side of the fence, right? Like the grass may, may be greener. It might be, but it's less chickers in it, right? Do you guys have chickers where you live? I don't know. Chickers are like these little pesky like mites. They're like neon red mite bug things that you can't hardly even see. Like they're like the size of like a pin and they leave, like they will like bite your ankles and they are the itchiest things. Okay. And so, so here in Oklahoma, we have chiggers and that's a problem. <laughs> if you get in, if you get into a patch of chiggers, it's a problem. Okay. And so the grass may be greener, but there's still problems on the other side, Right. So while my brain still really wants to think about like that next big thing and how great it will be once I'm there, I really have to slow myself down and remind myself frequently like, okay, yeah, but what about right now? Okay. Because there's still problems on that other side. So let's enjoy the right now. And I try to really remind myself daily to just appreciate the little stuff. Okay. And I say appreciate, I mean, like, I can appreciate how great a nice ink pen is. I've told you guys that over and over. Okay. So I can appreciate little stuff. Like I love the smell of betadine. I enjoy my office space because it's cozy. Okay. Um, just appreciating how, how blue the sky is today because those things are right now. And whenever you're able to ground yourself in the right now, it's a great way to get out of your primitive brain and out of burnout and into your, your prefrontal cortex of noticing your current surroundings and what's going on for you right now. And because, you know, the, the things that are happening right now are, are essentially your experience of life. Okay. So what I want you to, to think about are, asking questions like, what do I notice and appreciate, appreciate around me right now? What is one little thing that I love right now? You know, appreciating with your senses is also a great way to reconnect with kind of the right now in the moment life that you're experiencing. And so that may look like, like purposefully using your senses to appreciate the world around you. Um, and, realizing that, you know, life is not greener on the other side. Okay. And so like right now, I love how this rug feels beneath my feet. I love how today it almost felt like spring was in the air. I could feel that. I could smell that even. I love how my coffee tastes in the morning, right? I can appreciate how calming the fan sounds in the call room, right? It's just that calming hum. I love the way the moon looks whenever I'm walking into the hospital for a delivery, 
the past couple nights, right? All those little tiny things, they're so small. I'm not saying I have to love them. I just like appreciate them. Like, yeah, that's cool. You know, or I I notice it and appreciate it like for what it is. That connects me to the, the, you know, the fallacy of the arrival fallacy is like the opposite of that. Okay. So it connects me to my life right now, maybe just as good as it is on the other side once I arrive. Right. Um, and yeah, it's all still has problems. There's problems here. There's problems there. There's sugars here. There's sugars there. But whenever I can appreciate right now, I'm not constantly chasing that next thing or trying to accomplish that next thing and postponing my happiness uh, until I do. Right. And so I want you to, I want you to see what you can appreciate right now in this moment with your senses to get out of, um, that kind of sneaky grass is greener kind of mindset. Okay. All right, y'all, those are the five sneaky signs of burnout and how to fix each one of them. So I would love for you to join me this weekend. I want to see you on Saturday. I'm so excited. We're going to talk about, Um, burnout and more. And so go register. Don't forget. Okay. And I will talk to you next week, friend. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.